0: جو سر بسر, سر بسر ہے کلا میرا بھی وہ میرے آقا کی زندگی ہے یہ سب تمہارا کرم ہے آقا عمل کی میرے तुम्हा मेरामा
1: राहीम रेड रमाधन 87.7M प्रोग्राम रिफलेक्शंस और मैंह हु आपका होस्ट जुबैरक्रम आज ग्लासको में 11 11रा रमजान मुबारक और आज इफतार का बक्त है 8 के 26 मिनट प्रोग्राम डिफलेक्शंस और हस्पसाबक मेरे महमान है शेवान मम्मद जरे मुताला सूरत है सूरत उर्रुम पुराने हकीम की 33 सूरत और उसकी आज की आयात इंशाल्लाह 20 से लेके 26 तक 20 से 23 तक की हम दोबारा समरी लेंगे शेख से और 24 25 और 26 आयात वो हैं जिसपे हम गुफ्तगुफ करेंगे आज का प्रोग्राम इस से भी स्पेशल रहेगा कि हम रेडियो में हर साल आपके सामने اپیل رکھتے ہیں مختلف مدوں میں پوری دنیا میں جو پروجیکٹس چل رہے ہیں مسلم امہ کے اس میں اپ کے کنٹریبیوشنز کو انوائٹ کرتے ہیں اور اج کا ہمارا ایک خصوصی جو پروجیکٹ ہے وہ غزالی کے زیر 712 سکولوں میں سے 30 سکول ایسے جو کہ گلاسکو کے لوگوں کے لیے ہم لے کے हैं कि वो उसमें adopt kar program ayat in the name of allah the entirely
2: merciful the especially merciful and of his signs is that he created you from dust then suddenly you were human beings dispersing throughout the earth
3: we are going to be the one who is going to be the
2: and of his signs is that he created for you from yourselves mates that you may find tranquility in them. And he placed between you affection and mercy. Indeed, in that are signs for a people who give thought. And of his signs is the creation of the heavens and the earth, and the diversity of your languages and your colors. Indeed in that are signs for those of knowledge. وَمِنْ آيَاتِهِ مَنَامُكُمْ بِالْلَيْلِ
3: وَالنَّهَارِ مِنْ فَضْلِهِ إِنَّ فِي ذَلِكَ لَآيَاتٍ لِقَوْمٍ يَسْمَعُونَ
2: And of his signs is your sleep by night and day and your seeking of his bounty. Indeed, in that are signs for a people who
3: listen. وَمِنْ آياته
2: And of his signs is that he shows you the lightning, causing fear and aspiration, and he sends down rain from the sky, by which he brings to life the earth after its lifelessness. Indeed, in that are signs for a people who use reason.
3: وَمِنْ آيَاتِهِ أَن تَقُومَ السَّمَاءُ وَالْأَرْضُ بِأَمْرِهِ ثُمَّ إِذَا دَعَاكُمْ دَعْوَةً مِّنَ الْأَرْضِ إِذَا أَنْتُمْ تَخْرُجُونَ
2: And of his signs is that the heaven and earth remain by his command. Then when He calls you with a single call from the earth, immediately you will come forth.
3: <speaking> <the heavens> and, <earth>
2: and to Him belongs whoever is in the heavens and earth; all are to Him devoutly obedient.
1: Sadaqallahu ladim Surah rum ki ye ayat. और इसी की निशानियों में से है कि उसने तुम्हें मिट्टी से पैदा किया फिर अब तुम इंसान होकर जा बजा फैल रहे हो और उसी की निशानियों में से है कि उसने तुम्हारे लिए तुम्हारी ही جنس की औरतें पैदा की ताकि उनकी तरफ माइल होकर आराम हासिल करो और तुम में मोहब्बत और मेहरबानी पैदा कर दी जो लोग गौर करते हैं उनके लिए इन बातों में बहुत सी निशानियां हैं और इसी की निशानीओं में से है कि आसमानों और जमीन का पैदा करना और तुम्हारी जुबानों और रंगों का जुदा जुदा होना अहले दानेश के लिए इन बातों में बहुत सी निशानिया है और उसी की निशानियों में से है कि तुम्हारा रात और दिन में सोना और उसके फजल का तलाश करना जो लोग सुनते हैं उनके लिए इन बातों में बहुत सी निशानिया تم کو خوف اور امید دلانے کے لیے بجلی دکھاتا ہے اور آسمان سے می برساتا ہے پھر زمین کو اس کے مر جانے کے بعد زندہ و شاداب کر دیتا ہے اکل والوں کے لیے ان باتوں میں بہت سی نشانیاں ہیں اور اسی کی نشانیوں میں سے ہے کہ آسمان اور زمین اس کے حکم سے قائم ہیں پھر جب وہ تم کو زمین سے نکلنے کے لیے آواز دے گا تو تم جھٹ نکل and Asmanu the Zamin and the earth, the sea and the sea are the most important of it, and you are the most important of it. And we are the most important of it. Or all of it are Six uh, ayahs uh, that we uh, have uh, seen today. alaikum Shaykh.
4: Wa alaikum rahmatullahi
1: uh, Sheikh, yesterday uh, we left our discussion uh, with ayah number twenty-three uh, uh, as ending uh, of the ayah. The, the sign of Allah Subhanahu Wataala that we discussed in in depth was uh, وَمِنْ آيَاتِهِ خَلْقُ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ وَأَقْتِلَافٌ وَأَقْتِلَافُ أَلْسِنَتِكُمْ وَأَلْوَانِكُمْ إِنَّ فِي ذَلِكَ لَا آيَاتٍ لِلْعَالَمِينَ. And of His signs is the creation of heavens and earth. Um, and diversity of your tongues and colors, indeed there are signs in this for the wise." So what stuck in, what got stuck in my mind was that what you said, that if Prophet as a man, not as a Prophet, was remembered as just for one thing, and that was he gave this concept of the unimportance of variation of color and language, And the importance of knowing that these two things are only a matter of differentiation and not as a matter of superiority or otherwise. Mm -hmm. He would be museum material, as you said. And that one thing is so important uh, for humanity to live uh, according to uh, the the, the rules that we can achieve harmony. That's the, the the probably the nutshell of first twenty five minutes that we spent on yesterday, mm-hmm. and then we continued from there. So if we could possibly just touch upon that again slightly, and then continue from there inshallah. Yes.
4: Yeah, so yesterday's um, section was a continuation of these um, signs. These the, the, the a selection of signs, as we said before, of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala's. Um, we would call indicators that. That exists and there's specific functions to these signs. And we did actually say that the the signs themselves have um, a purpose for ourselves more than anything else. So what I see is that the the verses are providing a blueprint for how to prioritize different aspects of our perception of the world and our own um, place in it. And also prioritizing, you know, the, the established, Rules and natural laws, and then building up to what you would say is correcting and rectifying um, our dealing with human beings on the basis mm. of equality, which is where we were stopping off yesterday. And I think it culminates in rectifying, once all of that is done, rectifying your relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and in terms of placing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the, in the proper place as He deserves, as being the source of all awe and and fascination for human beings, that everything centres around Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that everything that we see in the heavens and the earth, and every phenomena that we see in nature, are not just phenomena in nature, such as, you know, um, we would call natural things happening, or laws of physics, or laws of biology, or laws of chemistry. They are imbued with an indicator towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala existing as well, and also having meaning beyond just being a phenomena, such as we look at today, and this idea of lightning, thunder and lightning, for example. And so that obviously will be coming much later. So th- in the middle of this is there's two concepts, actually. One is the fact that human beings are equal by birth, regardless of t- tongue, regardless of the colour of their skin. What is important is the content of, content of character. And then, you know, that is such an important thing to understand, because unless you understand that, um, you will not be able to understand um, the the message of Islam because you will have to then differentiate between tribes and nations and peoples and languages, and and an insistent superiority of one language over another by its very nature, that is not the case. You know, certain languages have more propensity to be expressive and contain content, and as Muslims we understand the Arabic language to be the most potent receptacle of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala's divine speech. So that it was able to be a vessel and a vehicle to be able to convey the ma- amazing mes- the message of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala to, to the final prophet sallallahu Now, apart from that, every language is is the same in terms of it not providing priority for one people over another. Um, and then, you know, this idea of color as well, was, was extremely important. The prophet Ali sallallahu alayhi addressed it right at the beginning of his of his coming as a messenger. He sallallahu alayhi wasallam pulled up his many of his close companions for you know for one of them he said that you know you know one of the companions um you know called out Sayyidina Bilal anhu and on the, on the basis of his color and the prophet وسلم, said to that companion I see or I smell within you the stench of Jahiliyyah so this is a companion the rasul hmm. pulled him up in front of all the other companions in public to the point that we know about this narration and so, you know, this idea of, of um, you know, race being addressed was something the Prophet never, you know, addressed and then moved on. He always kept at the forefront of his message that everybody was equal. And so Bilal was the one that, you know, at the end of the mission of the Prophet he was the one that climbed up the Kaaba to give the Adhan. And despite the fact that the Quraysh at the time were in up in arms, in, in a sense, over the fact that A black person had been able to climb up this sacred building to give the call of Islam and so that is that is the kind of middle point of these signs the middle point of ordering society is to insist on equality and if you do Mm. not insist on equality then everything after that will be skewed and because the last thing we looked at yesterday was this idea of seeking Allah's risk and if you have a society like in America I was listening to um, a very famous rapper and artist, Ice Cube, he was doing a rant about racism in America and how neither the Republican Party or the um, Democrat Party really have much interest in changing the lot of black people. And it was all about equality, the fact that black people, the colour of the skin, the blackness of a person, is a barrier to social and cultural integration into America. And so if you don't sort that out, then... There's not much point in then trying to sort out the economic access, economic equality of people if you don't say that everybody's equal. So if you keep inequality and prejudice in the system, there's no way that a person can seek um, their risk in a way that is the same way that other people seek it. So for example, in America, because it's rampant racism and structural racism of of a type which you know is inbuilt in the system itself. It's very difficult for them to. What Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala says, kum min Fadlihi." You know, seeking out Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala's, um, you know, His bounty, mm. in a way that's agreeable to God, because in the fact all those avenues are blocked for the most people. Most communities of that nature, as a whole, are unable to seek um, sustenance and risk in a way that most other people would can do and do do you know, in a, in a legal manner. And you've, you have all these people at the bottom of, of the rung of American society who basically have to scrape through um, by committing felonies and committing acts of um, essentially crimes, you know, things classified as crimes. And so that is extremely, extremely important. And the reason for that is, you know, it's also like one the teacher, one of my teachers, uh, Sheikh Mohammed ibn Habib in, 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 in Morocco, some people came to visit him in Morocco and you know, they came and these people were from the West and they were quite, you know, rich and um, and they had had cameras and they had all these things with them and they left it in the mosque and they left it unattended. Hmm. So they left, you know, probably money as well and camera equipment. And the sheikh said to them, why are you helping the shaitan against your brothers? You know, Hmm. why are you helping shaitan? Because you're tempting somebody with, by putting something in a place where somebody might be you know, it's, it's essentially what Allah is saying here, la Indeed, it, and this is signs for people that, that listen. Because remember, you can listen in terms of earning rizq, you can listen to Allah and, and earn in a halal, and taib way, a, a pure and, and, and permissible way. Or you can listen to the shaitan, who الفقرة, who promises you, you know, whispering in your ear, promises you what? Um, poverty, bil And he's commanding you, and you're listening to this, to what is evil and what is pernicious and what is unethical so the shaitan will always whisper in your ear and it happens at the most poignant time when you are um, unable to earn in a way that you would like to earn and so this is why you have to look at sometimes the backstory of a person who commits a crime to see why did they commit the crime not to you know you know alleviate the the wrong that the person has done but to understand why it's happened and if there's any mitigating circumstances in, in law that you can take into consideration. And so this whole idea is, is a kind of, um, it's a slow movement towards the next couple of verses which are going, you know, once you've ordered biology and the way that things work and the ordered family and society through acknowledging that racism is, is a natural disposition which needs to be addressed, it's a natural disposition of differentiation that be can, can, be, can become prejudice, which needs to be addressed by saying, "There's no difference between a black and a white." In that sense, even even before that, so there is biology of it, and then there there is the the, the basic
1: brick of society, uh, man and woman, mm-hmm. uh, husband wife, mm-hmm. the, the interaction between them, and how is based on mercy and mm-hmm. uh, and love, um, and then it moves up, so. Uh, we were in, uh, at an iftar yesterday, and mm. people, were, people spoke about this concept that you. Uh, they listened to this program, and they, they were like. So, they never th- realized that the difference between um, Rahmah and um, Mudda and Rahmah. Mm-hmm. You know, the love, and w- when is love needed in a relationship, and when mm-hmm. there is mercy that's needed in a relationship. Mm-hmm mercy is when things are not going so well mm-hmm. and you have to forgive each other. Mm-hmm. So uh, just a summary for myself and for the listeners as well that these six Ayahs basically they, they start from the the birth of a person to, to building a family and the rules of building a family and then also living in a society and how we live in a society. Mm-hmm. Uh, of equality and non-prejudice.
4: Yeah, so I mean, I, I did mention passing, the kind of, I'll, I'll do it once we finish all the verses, because I'm, I'm still thinking of the, other, the last two, but essentially you're, you're setting up the, you accept and acknowledge the, the biological function of human beings, which is male, female, for the procreative, um, you know, kind of project that human beings have, which is they have to multiply, the way you multiply is male, female, you have to acknowledge that otherwise as a civilization you're doomed mm. um the second thing that you that comes out of that is how do you how do you um then stru- structure that you structure it through having peers and couples who are um, mutually um you know mutually um i think in unison mutually um collaborative mutually um you know mutually kind of um, i look for a word here which is they they acknowledge each other and they're compatible i think compatibility is probably the best thing and that compatibility has to be some has, has to have some kind of longevity because of children mm. and so the longevity you would want it to be a continual longevity but sometimes you have situations where a, a couple cannot you know for whatever reasons end up divorcing but there has to be some sort of longevity for the children at least to get to some kind of maturity there's some kind of sense of Inessa, which is to can just to recognize good and evil that kind of age age and so for that you need two things which is love and mercy the love is the, in, the initial thing that attracts you to a person and then the mercy is the thing that you know pushes you just beyond what you would normally do just for love mm. and so it's like the, the 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 tank in the in the back of the car which is full of petrol that you use when the tank is fi- finished you know it's it will be the thing that will just give you another couple of Um, you know, periods of of kind of um, acceptance of each other and care for each other. And so mercy also comes from love as well. Remember, it's not just that you hate the person, but you're merciful to them. The fact is that the mercy comes out of love. Mm. And so that is, that's that's the kind of basic building block of any society, is the family. Because human beings come out of families, biologically. And so then after that, you're talking about, okay, families are part of societies. And what's the most important thing that is the obstacle to a society being um, successful and fair is racism is prejudice is mm. saying this person from that tribe that's from that tribe that person has that color that person speaks that language that person has that caste that is entrenched with many in, in, within many societies <coughs> You know it's entrenched within British society if you look at public schools and number of of prime ministers that have gone to you know specific colleges in Oxford and studied you know economics and politics. You cannot say that there's not not some kind of structural um system in place that produces these i would call um i don't know i don't know if i'm fasting i can't really call them what i want to call them but the point is these people that are, are end up just ruling without any care for the rule of law as you know given mm. what's happening now and so that is important and then allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then once you've addressed that then the next thing is to Okay, the wealth that we have, and this Imam Nahlawi, a very famous scholar from from Al-Sham, he talks about the fact that you know we have a relationship with wealth. So you know you have agriculture, you have gold, silver, you have trade and 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 um, you know and bartering. There's ways that you ways that you produce wealth, mm-hmm. and he says that there's two relationships between you and the wealth itself. There's two things. One, one is you as a human being, your heart connected to or not. And so he Hmm. says, the two things you need to understand about wealth as as a human being, as you yourself are interacting with, is these two things. One is your heart is going to either be connected completely and engrossed with it or not. And he says, if it's totally engrossed with it and it is going beyond the bound of what is acceptable and the, the nafs is still immature, it will start to have anger, envy, ostentation, pride. Um, you know, showing off. Everything will ha- will be connected in some way to to the world and its wealth, in mm-hmm. some way. So mm-hmm. even pride, even arrogance, in some way is connected to the to the leverage that you you gain by having more wealth than the other person. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. So if you look at politics in certain countries, the fact that people have money means that they're more, naturally more able to gain public office. Yeah. So is it based upon merit? No, it's not. It's based upon what based upon either your family, your lineage, mm. Mm. despite the fact you can't put two sentences together, or it's based upon the fact that your bank balance is, you know, made up of wealth that's either from inheritance or it's been kind of taken out of the, the public coffers. And so, you know, the, he says that that's one aspect of it, and you need to address that. You need to address the arrogance, ostentation, pride, all these because it's connected to the heart. to the heart. And the other thing he says is, that the other connection of human beings to this is your time your <clears> body your um you know you wake up and you know the, the previous verses were talking about that you sleep you know allah said from his signs is you're sleeping by by day and by night mm-hmm. and so the, the this whole idea of sleeping by day and night also is related to productivity your body you know to gain wealth you're gonna you're gonna spend time you're gonna sit at the office you're gonna go to work you can do um, drive the taxi you're going to um go, you know take on jobs your body is preoccupied day and night with gleaning wealth and so what he says is you know all of the origins of people's you know um difficulties people's um you know m- forgetting the ultimate purpose of their life you know and under- un- not understanding why they're here is related to these two relationships so basically he's saying <clears throat> um you know your ghafla your your state of heedlessness is related to the fact that the world and, and seeking wealth and seeking uh, a living is the thing that makes you forget the real purpose of life and so that's extremely important because then that moves into this set of verses which which then starts to talk about the meaning of life itself mm. you know the ultimate purpose of life the the idea of a judgment the idea of Um, being accountable for your actions, the idea of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala being the creator because the creator will bring you to account for what you've done. So these verses start to move into something which is quite interesting, which is this whole idea that there is going to be some kind of meaning to the world when you look at it. It's not just, you know, biological function, having a family, getting rid of racism and then just having a good economy. You have to look at the fact there's an ultimate pur- higher purpose in that, even if you have an, a society, for example, that has, acknowledges its biological function, acknowledges the importance of family, acknowledges the importance of, of anti-racism, acknowledges that you have to earn, you know, in a way that's ethical, where's, where, which is essentially where the society now is. If you look at the West, mm-hmm. most mm-hmm. multinationals, even if it's not for the, the right reasons, want to have some kind of ethical um, kind of you know, kind of cover over their actions. That's what it is. But the problem is now from here to the end of the verses where essentially they will strip the world of any meaning that is related to God or of any meaning related to the hereafter. Uh, really, Ramadan, Reflections with Sheikh Rizwan Muhammad, uh, a
1: short ad break and inshallah we'll be right back uh, with this continued conversation.
5: jana
0: kha jana kake jane jahana kha us surat mein jana kar jana kake jane jahana सच्चे यार कहते रब दी मेंशाना कह सच्चे यार रब दी सब आज
1: Actions with Sheikh Ruzan Muhammad. Sheikh, uh, just before the break, um, he said something about um, people are not coming to action. Uh, people are not uh, coming into um, people are not coming into power on merit. They they come into power because they have wealth, because they have lineage, because they have connections.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, is it not a wholesome approach that people who wouldn't have wealth, they are not resourceful. People mm-hmm. who are not, um, uh, people people who have not educated themselves in certain institutions, they, they would not be knowledgeable enough. Mm-hmm. And also what comes to mind is that even Prophet ﷺ, uh, there is a rule in fiqh that If there was a Khalifa and it's available and it's from the lineage of Prophet ﷺ, they will have the first right. Mm -hmm. So lineage is important. Being resourceful is important. Being knowledgeable is important. Mm -hmm. And that together, all of it together forms uh, the the merit. Mm
5: -hmm.
1: So what I hear is that merit is something different, but having wealth is not part of merit. I, I would see being resourceful, being wealthy, being of a good lineage, is part of wealth. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it, it is part of.
4: Yeah, so the, this the a logical issue in terms, in terms of logic. You have conditions. So condition is something you need to have before you can do something. Okay, so get to getting into university. You have the condition is that you have to have a a, a kind of education before that certificates that allow you to do that. So if you don't have it, it's not you don't have that, you don't fulfill the conditions. So these are like necessary conditions to do something. OK, so, you know, a necessary condition for the, the show to take place. today is that you have electricity, you have your microphones, you have, you know, the technology. And then it doesn't mean that it will have happened. It it needs to happen, but it doesn't mean it's going to be a useful show. you also then have to have other conditions that then you have to add on to that. Which are, you know, we would say sufficient conditions. Which are extra. You have to kind of um, decide what you're going to talk about generally, or you know, have some kind of competency around the area, and all these kind of things. So conditions are of different types. So nobody's saying that you know having wealth is a is a disability. All we're saying is that it's not a sufficient condition um, for the type of you know say leadership that we want. Um, so it's good. Lineage is good All these things are kind of We would say um, Conditions that are not sufficient They are necessary You have to have them So a level of education A level of insight into how the world works A level of insight into how politics works So all these things are going to be Things that you want to take off But what happens is What happened during the time of the Prophet Ali Salatu Alaihi His passing away in the Four Khulafa Is straight after that you had um, Individuals that fulfilled some conditions but not all conditions so they fulfilled you know certain conditions of understanding state, state statesmanship and mm-hmm. institutions of state and how to deal with diff- people of different dispositions like Sayyidina Muawiyah radhiyallahu was a perfect example of that because he had a, an acute understanding of how the, the political um, power worked and so he would keep his friends and enemies very close to him and deal with them so that everything ticked along for the state to continue. But then he had, you know, extreme wisdom. So he had some kind of basic qualities that allowed him to be, you know, a successful, you know, Khalifa, if not rightly guided, but at least um, one that would protect the basic status quo of society at the time. Mm. So there absolutely absolutely is. But the thing is, if somebody has the merit and has the education, then are, are we saying that because they're not part, they don't, they haven't, they're not part of a family that has a certain amount of wealth, or they're not from a specific caste, mm. they cannot hold public office because that's the op- that's the alternative. Mm. And then if you do that, then all you're saying is that the middle verse, which we talked about, which is the one of basing, the you know basing the the, the parameters of a successful society you know, that Allah has created your, your colors and your your skins, this is only to differentiate in some way the blessings of Allah, nothing to do with stopping somebody gaining access to power or education, then essentially what you're saying is that we can just turn that whole back. And if you do that back, then you're just going to have a society which has no equality, no idea of meritocracy, no no idea of, of um, advancement, because because if, we, if the we I mean, if I understand, if you're looking at the context of Pakistan, these people that you're talking about at a certain point, maybe 70, 80 years ago, were nothing. Mm. So so at that point, are we going to say then they, they were unfit for office or whatever? So these things have to be, you can't just give in and say, well, at this moment in time, they have power and might. Because and, this is basically the Paul Thies argument that, uh, you know, we are stronger than you in wealth and, and, pe- and people. Hmm. That's essentially what you're saying: that just because they have the power and the wealth to push things through, they have more right to it, right to right to, write, to um, lead. And that is, I think, antithetical to the whole idea that we were talking about today and in the previous couple of um, sessions, which is that Allah, from the signs of Allah, is that the, the differentiation of your tongues and colors you add that on to the fact that you have to allow people the ability to progress and based on merit take leadership mm, mm. and the move so, to that m- will mer- be difficult Something merit somewhere.
1: may include being resourceful but merit uh, is one of the conditions uh, mm. but it, it is that and mm. other things
4: yeah that and other things and you have to look at the person as resor- resourceful meaning you know, has resources I understand resourceful not in English, I, I think, I understand resourceful as being, makes good use of resources, even if they have a very few, I think mm-hmm. you think of resourceful as being having lots of resources, which is resourceful, which is the kind of literal meaning of resourceful. Resourceful mm-hmm. means to kind of, um, to make good use of what you have. Yeah, And I think you have to prioritize the, the basic um, principles first before saying it's just easier for somebody with more might and power and um entrenched interest to be able to run a country better yes maybe for the next 2 3 months 4 months but structurally it is extremely damaging for any society to be based on something that's not a meritocracy um you know meritocracy meaning you you are judged based upon the content of character your your capacity your skills and this is what the prossim did the prossim took all of his companions looked at them and gave each of them roles based upon their capacity He didn't say Oh, oh such and such has become Muslim He's from Bani such and such Bani Fulan And we need to appease them So we'll give them a job He looked at them and said Okay Amr ibn As is from one of the strongest quraishi families But he's also the best statesman
5: mm-hmm.
4: And so he was Because he was a statesman That he was given You know Priority over almost other, Almost every other companion At the time he became Muslim In the year 8 After the Hijrah It wasn't because of the fact that you know, he was wealthy or well-heeled. Oh, what
1: made him statesman?
4: It was, yes, it was part of the, it was the entrenched education and skill that he learned in the environment he was in. And so one of the skills is to use those types of people who, due to their merit of upbringing, of wealth or whatever, are much more um, skillful in in fulfilling a task than somebody else. So that's yeah. absolutely agreeable. That's not not a problem with that at all. That's, a, that's that accident of of their upbringing that they're just born in a situation where they're able to have access to all those things. Yes. And so there's no problem in having even like a monarchy which represents you over a long period of time which creates stability and creates strength and a united front against other people outside your kingdom for example. That there's nothing wrong with that in and of itself. And especially, you know, the fact that they're educated in a certain way and then they're able to fulfill tasks in a certain way. There's nothing specifically wrong with that. The moment it becomes wrong is that it becomes entrenched to be prejudicial against other people's ability to... Or it um, becomes a necessary
1: condition for, uh, you know, you're from a certain background,
4: certain... certain Yeah, so it becomes a necessary condition for other people fulfilling their own potentiality as human beings. So essentially, I understand what you're saying, but you, what, you add, you add, what you end up doing is becoming a barrier to people that are much more competent than yourself and also in terms of evolution in terms of the progress of any society that is the surest way of ensuring that your country or your society will end up becoming in the doldrums of history because you know ibn Khaldun talks about the fact that you know a, a civilization goes through different cycles the initial cycle is one of a group of people that have an intense urge and, and desire and, fa- and fever to do something. And they're energized and they're driven. Mm. And once that happens, the next, the next set of people who are then entrenched within that in a degree of luxury end up becoming not people of drive, but become people who are complacent. And the complacency mm. is based upon their privilege. And the privilege then leads to a situation where the, the, that civilization will go into downfall because people expect, because of their privilege and their wealth, that they will be the leaders. They won't have to innovate. They won't have to progress. And another civilization will rise up, which is based upon merit, Hmm. and that will then take the leadership. And that's exactly what happens. If you look at every single Muslim country, if it wasn't for for the wealth of oil, the Muslim world would be in in an extremely dire situation. I'm talking about extremely dire because you know, the, the wealth that oil produced had a ripple effect in other Muslim countries. Um we, we just kind of seem to insist on this idea of merit based on wealth and power rather than merit built, built on education, competency. Um, and, and essentially one of the most important ones is the rule of law for any civil society to operate, to know that everybody is responsible in front of the law equally. وَمِنْ آيَاتِهِ يريكم الْبَرْقَ
1: خَوْفًا وطمعوا وطمعوا مِنَ السَّمَاءِ ما بِهِ بِهِ الْأَرْضَ بَعْدَ مَوْتِهَا إِنَّ فِي ذَلِكَ الْآيَاتِ اللي so, And of his signs is that he shows mm. you lightning arousing both fear and hope. Mm. And just, just this part, I was, when I was reading this earlier on this morning, again this contrast, uh, there is fear and there is hope. And then mm. there's one input, input is lightning, and it gives a contrast. Mhm. Just wanted to uh, know more about this uh, how lightning could be both fear and hope.
4: So I mean th- this verse this is coming towards the kind of I think second last of these s- selection of signs. Mm. And and what caught my attention when I was reading this was and from amongst his signs again the selection of signs is that he he presents to you the the phenomenon of lightning itself. Now you know when we when you hear when you hear lightning. Um, what what's the immediate kind of re- response as a human being to to lightning, for example? You know what do you feel?
1: Yeah, fear. Right. Uh, okay. Anxiety. Lightning, you, lightning, why? Lightning why is pain. you? Why?
4: Yeah. Why is why are you anxious?
1: Uh, it can bring destruction.
4: Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Um, yeah, so it, it, growing up in a, in a multi-storied building in Lahore, uh, any piece of lightning was frightening, <laughs> because we had seen that it could cause a lot of damage.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, so the, the, this verse is interesting because you know when we talked about society, you know biology and then ordering society to family and then addressing social problems such as racism and then. Then looking at how you gain wealth, all these are structured in a certain way. I think the last layer of how society can go wrong is, and this is where I think society now is, is that it doesn't addri- it doesn't look at natural phenomena, and impute or provide or or address them or attach them any kind of um, supernatural meaning at all. So lightning is just a, 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 an electrical charged um, atmosphere which ends up creating lightning that's it so it's mm. in terms of the science is pretty straightforward the physics is pretty straightforward pre-modern human beings always thought saw phenomena as being some kind of indicator of of Allah subhanahu or his power of God or and his power some kind of mm. communicative method some some type of um meaning was imbued within water within rain, within the sun, the moon, within lightning. And so, lightning is something that strikes fear and hope. So, the fear is obviously the fear that you talked about, which is the initial thing, which is why Khawf is mentioned first. al-barqa, الْبَرْقَةِ wa tamaa You know, <laughs> it, it strikes you with um, Khawf, which is fear. Fear for your safety, essentially. tamaa is this kind of uh, hope. Some kind of desire, some kind of, um, you know, the hope. The hope here is a hope of fleeing from the destruction. And so, you know, even though it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's the alternative. It's the opposite. Essentially, there is this tinge of the fear being coupled with something which is the removal, removal of fear, which is tama'a, which is the hope that nothing will come out of it, but also. The tam'a then comes with this expectation of something that will be ben- beneficial to you mm-hmm. Which is, you know, lightning is indicative of atmospheric pressure which has a high water content And it's going to bring water And then, Allah, this is why Allah says وَيُنَزْلُ مِنِ السَّمَاءِ مَاءً And then, God also sends descends down from the heavens Water And brings to life the earth after its death So the Tama'a which is this hope Is connected to something that is Something we don't really want Something that we fear Which is Barak Barak hmm. is like lightning hmm. And it's a kind of at a deeper level It shows you that things that we don't like Always have something that is um, Associated with something that is a benefit to us So hmm. the Barak hmm. is fearful initially it's like the you know a child going into a hospital and having to have a injection, for example. It's fearful, but there's also this benefit. You know, whatever the depending on what the the jab is, it's going to be some kind of benefit there, and that's how life is. But the interesting thing for me is where society never has gone wrong is that it's stripped or stripped um, natural phenomena of any meaning, and this is something that's happened through secularism. Secularism. Or, or the secular or secularization, three different things. I think Naqib Al-Attas mentions these. Muhammad Naqib Al-Attas, very famous um, philosopher. I think you probably know of him from Malaysia. Hmm. Sayyid Naqib Al-Attas, very famous. He's got a book, Secularism in Islam. It's a very interesting. He talks about, in which he talks about secular. The secular is about space and time. And and that's all, everything's just about space and time. Nothing is about what's beyond space and beyond time, which is the creator of space and time. And so he says that, you know, one of the most, you know, you know pointed things that happened in the West is they stripped the natural world of any meaning. You know, so when you go into, if you go for a walk in, in the wilderness or in the, in the mountains, that sense of awe is taken away because all it is is rocks, vegetation, a stream, and that's it. And, mm. the, and the awe that you feel when you look at this amazing vista of nature is just a, just a, a strange phenomenon, has no meaning. And that's what the West has done. The West has stripped nature of any enchantment, and this is something that's discussed est- extensively in philosophy and in so- sociology. I think Max Weber talks about it, a fam- famous sociologist who deals with religious studies. He says basically religion has desanctified, or, or or West the West and and secularism has desanctified everything, so that nothing has meaning. You know, when the Prophet used to see the first rain of, 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 um, of, of spring come down, he would take, he would go out into the street and open his bare chest, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and embrace the first rain that came down as a blessing from Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala. Nowadays, that was seen as being complete uh, madness because it's this rain, it's this water. But no, to connect it to Allah and to connect it to God sending down rain from the heavens, that's considered to be superstitious hocus pocus. Now, and that hocus-pocus is, saying it's hocus-pocus is is the core of secularization, of of disconnecting the things we see around us from Allah and indicators of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so this verse is actually comes at the point where, you know, this kind of layering, I was saying the verses from the most basic biological to structuring the family, to structuring society, then deciding how to distribute its resources. It now comes to this point where you are saying, okay, once if you do all that, you're still not as a society fulfilling your function because you have to live a life which sees Allah Subhanahu wa Taala as power and and His efficacy in every single thing that you are coming into contact with, such as the rain coming down, giving life to the de- life to a dead earth. <inaudible> Indeed, within these are signs, many signs for people that use their brain user intellect, because everything has to have a function, everything has to have a meaning. And so this is kind of layering up to the fact that after this point, if you get this right and as a society, you start to imbue nature and the world and everything with meaning related to God and his existence and having some kind of meaning beyond just water coming down and making plants grow. I think when you do that, then you'll take much more care of the Earth. Because it has spiritual meaning you'll take much more care of the environment because it has spiritual meaning you'll take much more care of wealth and it's and it's distribution than you would because it has meaning and it's your guardian over this amazing bounty that Allah has provided for you if you do all that that perception is so important to make sure that you don't end up trashing the earth which is happening now you know when we talk about environmentalism the the inception of environmentalism was an, a reaction against secularism which said that you know you know th- the, the 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 earth has no meaning apart from it being a container for oil and minerals, hmm. and all of a sudden in the 60s people said, look, we're just raping the earth. We, we, this has so much meaning, so much sanctity, and the unfortunate thing for the environmental movement is that you can't say that unless you believe in God. Hmm. So they believe in the sanctity and the, the the whole mud mother earth idea, but they do it despite you know at the same time denying that there's any creator sustainer anyone that gives meaning to this so you know these verses come culminate in what will be the next verses which are going to relate to the fact that you'll have to then be answerable to god for all of that process before it so allah said from his signs is the fact that this the, the, the heaven the lower heaven and the earth are only established by his command thumma idha da'akum da'wata al ardi and then when a caller calls out from the earth, that's, it's at that point you will be asked to be raised up from your graves. So in other words, that's when you'll have to answer for all of that cycle. Accountability. Because all these signs are in the earth. All these signs are basically things that we've seen on earth are all there to make you accountable in front of Allah. Subh'anaHu Wa Ta-A'la. And at that point, you will you will have to, you know, indicates taken out of the grave indicates you're going to be in a situation where you have to answer for you know what you did on earth that whole time when you had the signs you were supposed to order society family biology order your your connection with the natural world all these things had to be done but what did you do nothing nothing at all you did nothing you just you're oblivious to the signs and if you're oblivious to the signs, The Quran says, whoever is blind in this world will be blind in the next. sabila, And will be more, you know, more astray than they were on earth. Hmm, hmm,
5: hmm.
1: Oh, there's a whole discussion that I would like to have with you, inshallah. But it will be tomorrow uh, on this topic of uh, what people are... How people are in this earth is actually uh, I'll say to N Rutu. Jannat or Jannum is in the gime. Jsna yaha Janum deki us ne agebi jannumidiki. Or jisna yaha janat dekli wo agebi janat ye. Hmm. So that idea maybe we should discuss it now. So yeah, this so this idea is from this ayah that the, this world, this life, is actually a prelude to what the life hereafter is going to be.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Is that a, a correct understanding?
4: Of which verse is this? Which verse? This is the last, last verse we talked about. Last verse. Yeah, and from his sciences is that he established the heaven and the earth by mm. his command. So it's, everything's in his control. So the way we play and our playground is the earth. That is, you know, we're renting space from God. Um, for our own testing, and that's the interesting thing, that heaven and the earth is the place where we act, and this is a place. You know, there's it, saying in Arabic. It's not hadith. But, you know, people misquote it as a hadith. الاخرة, that the dunya mazraatul The world is a a, a a a field, a sowing field for the hereafter. In other words, you know, the 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 farmer comes and 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 sows the seeds in the in the earth, and then you know, the reaping of the seeds as crop and as nourishment only happens in the hereafter. So whatever you plough in in the earth, you will reap in the hereafter. In other words, you don't look for the benefit of what you did on earth. On earth. Hmm. There are certain things you need to, you know, you need to function. You need somewhere to stay, you need to eat, you need to provide, you need to educate. You have all these things. These are responsibilities. to the Sharia of his magnanimity and mercy placed obligations upon peoples to earn living to mm-hmm. provide for family to build institutions to provide for the poor those are things mm-hmm. that you do for the earth on the earth but they have you know like a, a cash a cash and value in the hereafter as well mm-hmm. so if you are a good husband good wife a good teacher a good businessman and a good you know tradesperson or or good whatever it is There's a there's a reward you get here, which is, you know, you are if you're good to your children, they'll be good to you. You know, it's a a cycle. If you're good to your parents, your children will be good to you. It's like a cycle that you see on Earth. Mm. There's a benefit. If you educate yourself on Earth, you'll benefit in terms of your progress on Earth. But there's also a cash in value, which is like a premium that you do in the hereafter. As well, you know, that same thing that you do, which is to treat your parents well knowing that your child's watching you because your child guess what it does watch how you treat your parents hmm. it will then be of benefit to you when you're older but it's also a function which is that allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala has ordered you to be good and to be generously magnanimous magnanimous to your parents and to be generous and to be well um you know well servicing of their needs that will also have a bigger paycheck on the hereafter because that's when you have the premium of that, you know, when you cash it in in the hereafter. So, this world is the place where you sow your, you know, your place in the hereafter. And and so, you know, that's something that I think is very, very po- central to our faith. Reflections with Sheikh Ruzman Muhammad uh, today, 11th of Ramadan, um, and to
1: the Ramadan listeners, we. Uh, bring you these reflections and also uh, a part of Ramadan has always been uh, being charitable and we bring um, different projects from around the world to uh, uh, the listeners of Ramadan and to, to be part of that uh, whole endeavour of uh, giving our zakat and giving our sadaqat to people, uh, to projects which has an impact. Sheikha, I was talking to Brother Sakeb the other day, and he kept saying certain projects. Brother Sakev from Al Hijra, from from Birmingham, and he mm-hmm. kept saying, uh, "Okay, sabab ke liye ye thik hai, but impact ke liye ye nahi hai. Mm-hmm. Iska koi impact nahi hai. Sabab mil jayega, but koi aisi cheez dhunne jisme sabab bhi ho aur impact bhi ho." Mm-hmm. This, this was one conversation, and when I introduce the project, probably I'll have some comment from you as well. Um, And and this this project is Al-Ghazali School Education Trust in Pakistan. They've got just over 700 schools, uh, just over 100,000 poor and underprivileged families uh, attending the schools, just over 5,000 teachers. Mm. Uh, And it's run as a charity and it's run as um, in rural parts of Pakistan to educate a nation so now it's been 25 years almost and there are graduates from uh, there are children alumni of the of, of the schools they are now doctors engineers uh, in army of Pakistan and they're they've kind of spread over the society and they're making an impact mm-hmm. another thing uh, I was talking to yourself a few days ago and then there's Dr. Maksudsa. Um he's a He's a Sufi and he's also a, a psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. And the impact of your life, the, the way you spend, it has on your ruh. Mm-hmm. And the director of this um, Aghazali Education Trust, is a mutual friend, and, and the team, the entire team, and we were saying how tranquil they seem and how much of progress they've made in the last 20 years. And we came to a conclusion that educating uh, or being part of this endeavor of educating about 100,000 children every year. Every year around 100,000 children graduate and they they go into society. must have an impact on their own soul as well. Mm -hmm. And and it brings tranquility to them. And they, they always are able to perform more than what you would expect with the resources they've been given. Mm-hmm. Now, this impact of uh, charitable work on your rule, could, could we just have a little discussion on that, you know, how it impacts your mm-hmm. soul when you are involved in um, endeavours which are not for yourself, but is for the society?
4: Mm. Yeah, so, I mean, the thing about, I think there's different, so many different ways you could look at that, if you put it in that way, I mean, the, the most kind of one that actually just came from my mind now is the fact that charity is in fact my son he, he did a play for Ramadan pre-Ramadan so went to his play and he had to recite some Quran and he had to recite a, a, a hadith and his, his his hadith was smiling in, in the face is sadaqa so he, he just said that and ran off the stage so the thing is um you know when I was thinking of that hadith and that was in, in fact it was it was actually placed between the two minarets. You know, in, in Istanbul, you have the minarets, and you have they have lights in between the minarets with a message. Yeah. So that hadith was there as well. Yesterday, I saw between in the Suleymaniya Mosque. You know, to smile in the face of a, of a person is sadaqa. Now, there's two aspects to what you could say is the benefit that is given to the person when they see a smiling person. That means that the person is affable and approachable. Do you understand? Yeah. So when you see somebody, you meet somebody, and they're smiling you can feel that you can approach them and you might even want to ask them something. Um, but the, the the hadith actually is more interesting because to smile in and of itself is a representation of the internal um, elation and happiness of the person themselves. You have to. You can't just have a fake smile. If you have a fake smile, you know, the hadith didn't say a, a smile even if it's fake is sadaqah. The Prophet said that a smile in the face of a person is sadaqah. The person has to have this expectation of the enrichment of the, the act of Sadaqa itself for their own soul first.
5: Does
4: hmm. that make sense? So it's like the, Sadaqa in, in Arabic it literally means to believe in something to say it's true. Sadiq hmm. is a person who is true in the process, mistook, the one who is truthful and is believed. Sadaqa is is, you know, a, a process. And remember, giving, teaching, doing charitable work being involved in things that are not for your own immediate benefit is a type of Sadaqah. it's a very strong potent sadaqa because you're at the service of other people it's a type of khidma mm. you know the prophet said ja'akum mm. qawmin if the generous person comes to you be generous to them and the prophet said that you know saydul qawm fi safri khadimuhum." the 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 leader of a person the best of people is the person that is serving them even if it's in you know a, something like travel and so the enrichment you get is manifest in different ways. And mm. so Sadaqah is to be truthful. Sadaqah is to be, to, 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 be, um, to act in a way that is true to what you believe. And Sadaqah essentially means that you you're stamping your belief in something, which is that you believe that by doing this here, you get the reward and the premium somewhere else. Mm. So, you know, this is like putting your money where the mouth is, but it's putting your service where the mouth is. So a person in charitable work essentially is saying, I'll do this here because I know that I will get something somewhere else. Mm. And it essentially means you believe in the hereafter where you'll come and place that, you know, check and say, okay, I want to cash the check here. Mm. And so that person, the disposition psychologically, spiritually, is one in which they have intense trust in Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. So this mm. kind of knock on thing is the person doing this charitable work and in being involved in it is so content within themselves that they know they think they know that everything is sorted out mm. because you know they have proven that they have this intense belief and trust in Allah, tawakkal ala Allah and that then moves them to be much more content as people because then it shows you that everything is in, in good hands everything will be taken care of we try our best and we make we make do with what we have and if you do that you know, the, the the Qur'an, in fact, just the, the, the last the last verse of the previous chapter we we're looking at in Surah al Allah says, those that strive in our paths, we will open our, the path to guidance for them. You know, we will open their paths for them. We will facilitate mm. things for them. Mm. And facilitation here is everything, you know, materially, spiritually, psychologically. Everything will be facilitated for the person that, you know, strives. And if you see a person that can do much more with their time because they're involved in other people's aid and they're in, involved in aiding other people. It's because, you know, the, the, the promise that God has set, which is that if you strive in our past, we will definitely, you know, open up our past for you and we will ease your past for yourself. That's just a promise that Allah will always fulfill.
1: We have uh, Ghazali Education Trust schools, uh, 30 of them we've chosen. Um, I'll just go through some of the sites there. They're on our website, uh, radiramadan.scot forward slash donate, and you'll see the list of schools. And they are, uh, you can see the pictures of the schools. Uh, There's one in Khanewal, um, Kot Mol Chand, Um, Miawali, uh, Alam Khil, Alam Khil, Balakot Mansera. بستی ترک رحیم یار خان بھگوال چکوال بٹر سیالکوٹ چائلہ جھنگ چک بارہ ویہاری چک اٹھتر فیصلباد چک ایک گاف بے Sagoda so, Dhol Badal Rawalpindi Here Lahore Ikhlaspur Narowal Jandar Banda Batriada Mansehra, Kalabagh Miawali Kamra Atak uh, Karood Lal Isan Laya So this name Karood Lal Isan comes from this person called Isan, and uh, the the the, fo- the folklore is that he recited Durood Sharif one crore times, several times in his life there, and that's why this place is called Kaur Lal Isan in Laya. Uh, this is uh, South Punjab. And then you have Kot Mubarak, uh, Dera Ghazi Khan, mahirpur Muzaffargarh, Nali, Khushab. Miranabad Jehlam, uh, Mukiana Gujarat, Malia, Kala, Shekupura, and there is another few schools uh, Pipplamiyawali, Sanda Malibahuddin and Shah Alam so these are schools on the ground what we are saying is uh, Sheikh, to uh, about 30 families in Glasgow one family each to adopt a school and the concept mm-hmm. is that adopting a school, like adopting a child, is there is the schools they have only around two hundred to three hundred rupees per person fee, so it becomes self-sufficient. The schools are run uh, in tandem with the community involvement. So people of the village they come forward, and they're all in rural areas. They come mm-hmm. forward, they either donate a building or they rent a building within uh, that village. Mm-hmm. And then they have basic four to five teachers, uh, not highly paid, maybe 20,000 rupees at the most. Some of them are 15,000, 30,000 rupees. So the expenses are not very high and uh, they're very low expenses. Uh, people in, on the basis of help themselves, they, they, they create a school and the central body then facilitates them how to run a school. They train the teachers, they train in finances. And if there is any deficit, they fundraise to uh, compensate for the deficit. Hmm. And at an average, these schools, they, there is uh, about 100 of them out of 700 that has a deficit of around £1,200 a year. So what hmm. we're saying is, attach yourself, adopt a school for £1,200 a year. That's £100 hmm. a month. Uh, and you, you adopt it in a way that if you're able to continue it every year, Fine. If not, then the the trust will find another family to adopt the school for the next year and the year after. Hmm. Their experiences. Once the family attaches themselves to one school, they kind of adopt it fully. They go and they visit and they see the children's progress and they see the school's progress. And there are some families overseas, like Norway, UK, US, when they go in Pakistan and they, they look at the schools and they actually end up upgrading the school as well, and hmm. it becomes a source of affiliation of people out with Pakistan with the, the, the areas they have come from. So my mm-hmm. doctor school is for £1,200. So that's what um, we are presenting to, the, to our listeners. To either phone our number three seven five three four three four, go to our website and donate. Or if you have any questions, you can contact myself, uh, Sister Rabia, uh, Kamran, Sajid Kuyum, um, uh, Dr. Javed Gill, All these people, if you want to have any, uh, Sister Mizun Ali, uh, if you want to have uh, any conversation around this and you want more um, in-depth kind of knowledge around this this project. So, Sheikh, uh, this is the project of adopting a school and I would like to have a little bit of input for the listeners to help them decide it is something good that they could participate in.
4: I mean you know Adal ala said the person who points towards something is like the person that did it so you've done your 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 task which is to present you know very yeah. uh, very eloquently the, the 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 use case for the type of charity which is you know you know and the benefit of the charity which is education there's nothing much more impactful than education in generally, just for, you know, the up, you know the raising up the standard of, of a society and, you know, the person themselves being of far greater utility and benefit to far more people than they would be if they weren't educated. So that's something that we know, the West knows that more than ourselves and they constantly, you know, focus on education and achievement in education. And so, you know, people still have, as you know, as you know, very clearly, the people are very close connection especially your listeners many of them are from Pakistan yeah. they're very close connection with the country and so they always have a choice of how they connect themselves with that country and one of the ways is the best ways is to do it. charity not just to go and visit and yeah. but to do charity in multiple ways and I think from, I, I I do know about the Al-Ghazali Trust kind of I think we've spoken about it a couple yeah. of times in the, in the past yeah. and it's it's run in a, in a way that is Almost self-sustaining, and it, and it uses as many avenues to gain funds as possible, so that there's some kind of sustainability, and it's not just something that is a school set up, and then you know I know many charities when, within which these kind of projects fall apart within a year or two because the funds are not there. Yeah. So this idea of you know the idea of comu- the community connection, the fact that you can go and visit, the fact that you can see the needs of the community itself, and see what what you can do to help it. And the fact that it's a minimal commitment—it's not that you're—they're saying buy the property, pay the mm. teachers. It's the fact that you are topping up, and yeah. sustaining it. And there'll be other people to sustain it. It's a question of you know opportunity, isn't it? Then, for yeah. the listener, it's an opportunity where you, it's almost as if you've scoured through all the investment opportunities and you've come as a financial advisor, saying, "Okay, this is the best um, package that I have, which is ma- maximum impact." And so in a place like, you know, in Pakistan, you know, I think Asma bint Abi Bakr anha and Aisha radiallahu anha, they're two sisters, you know, companions, famous companions, and they had a different way of giving charity. One would give charity right away to whatever came in front of her. Like Asma bint Abi Bakr would do that. She would just give charity and empty everything else that she had. Whereas mm. her, her sister Aisha, the wife of the Prophet she would wait till the most needy time and the most in the most useful charity. And she would wait until that came and then she would give it. And so she would think and and decipher and and research. And as you said, you know, the listeners can approach you or the Raid Ramadan team to look into the details of this because most people will not know the details. If you look into the details and, and look into it, you know, it's something that you know, people can't just look at helping themselves. The best way of helping yourself is by helping others. And so you're yeah. looking at essentially at the best opportunity to help other people with maximum impact. You know. There is a lot of information
1: on our website as well, radiramadan.scot forward slash donate, and you'll see a whole list of, uh, of 30 schools listed there with pictures. And if you have any questions, you can ask us on our Facebook um, or uh, just pick up the phone. Sister Sidra uh, will be uh, on the other side of the phone asking uh, or answering all your questions the project uh, our phone number is 375-3434 and the project is adopt a school and as sheikh rizwan actually eloquently said it's topping up it's not that you would adopt a school for 1200 pounds a year and it will run Uh, it is already running and it has an estimated uh, average deficit of 1200 pounds per school Uh, uh, it is uh, your zakat it is eligible for zakat and sadaqat not the whole amount but you need to specify if it is zakat or sadaqa because some of the expenses is as zakat eligible and others is not but there is enough uh, for zakat eligibility within this project as well so as long as you specify it as your zakat we will inshallah ensure that in adopter school project it goes towards the expenses which are uh, if i can say is zakatable um, just a few final words on this project from Sheikh Ruzwan, and inshallah uh, we'll be going for Azan soon.
4: So, I mean, the project itself, education, the Prophet ﷺ said, I was sent almost only as as an educator. So, in education, you cannot, you know, it's not as if the last moments of just before the tar, you can overemphasize the importance of education. The, the revelation, Iqra'a bismirabbika ladhi khalaq, is punctuated with the whole idea of reading, you know, and and so you're kind of left with a situation where the reason why education is so important and teaching and knowledge is so important is that that is the way that you realize your function in society. And so even the verses we were looking at, you know, in Surah to Rome, all are indicative of the fact that you have to order society in a specific way. You have to order everything in a balanced way so that everything functions perfectly. And even a country, so many people are are um, you know have their eyes and ears in Pakistan now? You know people yeah. that are living outside Pakistan, and they're thinking how you know these things happen again and again. And the best way of addressing those is through educating the population for the best, eh, to see what the best interest of the population itself is. Yeah. You know, so Azadi Trust is an institution. It's a wide It's a. It's a. It's a. It's a Pakistan-wide network, which provides that kind of I think that clarity of education that people need
1: three seven five three four three four and if um, i keep this uh, i would say this almost every year uh, i've read this piece from moolana taqi usmani sahab انہیں نے کہا کہ نیکی کا خیال ایک مہمان کی طرح है اور جب مہمان آئے تو اس کی تقریم तो उसको मोخر ना करें उसको फौरी तौर पे मेहमान की तरह ट्रीट करें उसका इकराम करें उसकी देखभाल करें और जितनी देर तक वो आपके पास है उसका ख्याल रखें और नेकी का ख्याल भी एक मेहमान इसने आया है और ये चला जाएगा और जरूरी नेकी वो वापस आए तो इसलिए अगर आपके दिल में इस ख्याल आया है कि इस प्रोजेक्ट में आपकी zakat या sadaqa लगना चाहिए तो उस मेहमान का करें और اس میں شامل ہو جائیں اس الفاظ کے ساتھ اجازت انشاءاللہ کل دوبارہ ساتھ سے لے کر کے افتار کے وقت تک ہم ریفلیکشن کے ساتھ دوبارہ حاضر ہوں
0: تیری سنا کت مہر علی کت تیری سنا غستاف کیاں کت جا لڑیاں کت مہر علی کت اجسکم تراندی ودھیری ہے کیوں دل لیودا سے گنیری ہے
6: جہاں بھی ہو وہی سے دو صدا سرکار سنتے ہیں سر آئینہ سنتے ہیں پسے दीवार सुनते हैं मैं सद के जान की आलमीनी के पुकारो चाहे जितनी बार वो हर बार सुनते हैं मेरा हर सांस उनकी आहटों के साथ चलता है मेरे दिल के धड़कने की भी वो रफ्तार सुनते हैं मुजफ्फर जब किसी में फिल्म में उनकी नात पड़ता हूँ मेरा ईमान है वो भी मेरे अशार सुनते हैं Moulai soli wa دائما ابدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم يا رسول الله حبيب الله امام المرسلين یا رسول اللہ حبیب اللہ امام المرسلین کوئی بھی بات ہو ہر حکم ان کا متبر ایسا کہ ان کا ہاں نہیں کہنا بھی ہے قرآن کے جیسا حدیث پاک کہلائی جو باتیں آپ نے کہیں صلی و دائماً أبداً على حبي بك خير الخلق كلهِم هو الحبيب العزيز رجاء شفاعته. هو الحبيب العزيز ترجا شفاعته لي كلي حلمي نل احوالي مقتهيمي <تصفيق> يا رسول الله حبيب الله امام المرسلين Ya Rasul Allah, Imam Al-Mursali शहर का वक्त था मासूम कलियां मुस्कुराती थी हवाई खैर मकदम के तराने गुनगुनाती थी अभी जिब्रील उतरे बिना थे कबे के मिंबर से के इतने में सदाई ये अब्दुल्ला हके घर से مبارک ہو شہے ہر دوسرا تشریف لے آئے مبارک ہو محمد مصطفیٰ تشریف لے آئے تیری صورت تیری صیرت تیرا نقشا تیرا جلوہ تبسم گفت گوبندہ نوازی خندہ پیشانی محمد مصطفیٰ کے باغ کے سب پھول ایسے ہے जो बिन पानी के रहते हैं ये मुरझाया नहीं करते नबी के नाम लेवागम से घबराया नहीं करते ये दरबारे रिसालत है यहाँ अपनों का क्या कहना यहाँ से हाथ खाली गैर भी जाया نہیں, نہیں کرتے مولایا صلی سل و سلیم دائماً آباداً على حبیبی کا خیر, خیر الخلقی کل پر سلام پر یہی کہنا خدا کا ہے हुदा के बाद जो है मर्तबा मेरे सल्ले अल्लाह का है वो ही गमखाले आलम है वो सरदार उम्मत है तो हशर के मैदान में सब की शफात है शफात के लिए सबकी नजर उन पर पड़ी होगी मौला या सल्ली आला हबी ख़लकी سلام اس پر کہ جس نے بے قسوں کی دستگیری کی سلام اس پر کہ جس نے फकीरी की सलाम उस पर के जिसके घर में चाँदी थी न सोना था सलाम उस पर के टूटा बोधिया जिसका बिछोना था सलामे आमीना के लाल اے محبوبِ سبحانی سلامِ اے فخرِ موجودات فخرِ نو انسانی